everyone to uh, Positively Charged Wrestling, um, the Positive Wrestling Podcast. Uh, <laughs> your uh, lovely host, uh, Braden and Josh. What's up, guys? Um, after a little bit of a holiday break, um, grilling uh, out by the pool. I know you went on vacation, correct, Josh? Yeah, I had a great time. Had a great time. Awesome. Uh, so we're all uh, refreshed and uh, ready to go and got quite a bit to cover from the past couple of weeks. Um, so I guess we'll kind of dive in. Obviously, there is an elephant in the room and uh, we will get to that because it's what every other wrestling podcast has been talking about and rightfully so. But we're going to start with WWE. <laughs> um so, obviously, they had a pay-per-view as well, um, Money in the Bank. And uh, I know you've seen some of it, correct, Yeah, I've Josh? Seen, seen clips. I've not got the chance to watch the whole pay-per-view yet, though. I, I watched it, and um, it's, it was a good show. Uh, I, I really enjoyed both ladder matches. Um... I thought Seth and AJ, I mean, that I'll touch on this point more in just a bit, but I thought Seth and AJ is probably in the running for match of the year. Um, that, that was, no pun intended, a phenomenal match, but it's what you, what you expect from those two. Kofi and uh, KO had a, had a solid bout. Um, Bailey, I thought they done well with with her, uh, kind of reinvigorating her. But obviously, we got to talk about Brock. Um, so I, I know we're kind of hitting the high spots here. What, what's your? Because I'm not sure if if I, we've te- we text back and forth. I'm not sure if I've really got your thoughts on Brock and the money in the bank. I know we've kind of briefly discussed it, but I- I'll say what I think in a minute. But what's what's your thoughts on this? Because I've heard some people that love it, some people that hate it. What what do you think about well, it? Well, I'm kind of both camps. Uh, when I heard the results, I was like, oh gosh, Brock, why? You know, because. He doesn't need the briefcase. He's been in that spot as the uh, champion forever, it seems, you know. Um, I was like, why didn't somebody else get this, you know? And, and also, too, since I wasn't watching the pay-per-view at the time and I just got the results, I was like, how Brock, you know, because he wasn't in the match. Yeah. Um, but I do have to say, moving into uh, Raw the next night, which we'll get there. We'll get to Raw. Um, my mindset kind of did a flip. Um, I, I see positives in it. I see a lot of positives in it. And like I said, we'll we'll get to the we'll get to the raw stuff in a moment, but but I think I'm going to be on board with Brock's Money in the Bank. As long as it, here here's my caveat, and it's seemingly after this past week's Raw, it appears they're not going to go this route. As long as they didn't use it to have a title match at the at the Saudi shows, which. I'd never watch, not out of protest, but it's just, it's on at two in the afternoon on a Friday. I'm usually at work, yep, so yep. <laughs> I'd, 
I think um, the only one of them I've watched was the uh, DX reunion, and that's due to my partial bias of uh, Shawn Michaels, you know. Right. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it could be interesting. Um, and... You know, as we, as I just said, I, as long as they don't use it as a for the sh- the Saudi show, which appears to be Baron Corbin um, getting a shot. Which, as I said on the first episode, I know a lot of people hate the guy. I don't think he's that bad. I, I don't. I, I think he's okay. I, I don't mind him. He's solid. But but that's another thing. So. While we're touching on Raw, we'll uh, we'll rewind to not this past week because, well, let's just get this out of the way. This past week's Raw was with a, a little bit of a struggle to watch. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what was going on this week, guys. <laughs> because it was forty-five minutes in the show before we had one match. I, I'm not sure what I'm like you. I we were texting back and forth, and I'm I'm just like okay, but but this is a positive podcast. We're going to rewind to the better week, <laughs> uh, which was the week prior. So I know you took some notes. Uh, what uh, what stood out to you the night after Money in the Bank? Uh, well, that that's segues in from the Brock thing. But before we get to that, I want to throw in something about the. Uh... AJ and Rollins match. Uh, like I said, I've not not seen gotcha. it yet. Um, but going into it, it was one of those things where, you know, it, it's either going to be really, really great or, um, I don't know if you remember, I'm sure you do, but the uh, Shawn Michaels Mr. Perfect match from SummerSlam 93. Oh, yeah. Classic. A, yes. I mean, the build to it and the expectancy of it and then it, in my yes. view, it didn't quite live up to what I was thinking, and it's because of they're so similar, you know, so similar styles that it just kind of yes. uh, they're both good selling for other guys and all this stuff. And and when they're working together, it's like who's who's the seller here? Who's the you know? So, so I think yeah. the similar styles kind of hurt it. And I was kind of worried about that with Rollins and Styles, but I, I like hearing you know positive reviews from everybody. So I'm pretty psyched to watch that one when I get a chance. Oh yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, the the night after Money in the Bank, it, as we said, was by far the better of uh, the past couple of weeks of Raw. Yeah, it's like it's like we, night and day. <laughs> we we got the debut of uh, Boombox Brock, okay. <laughs> which I, I don't know if uh, Sombrero Brock or Boombox Brock. I can't <laughs> decide which is better, but uh, but like uh, yeah, what what stood out to you? On uh, on that raw. Well, like I said, that was the um, that my mindset on the whole Brock thing changed just as m- immediately as they did the opening signal with Brock, Kofi, and Seth. You know, because mm-hmm. it, it it's a new dynamic with the Money in the Bank case. Um, I know a lot of people are sick of Brock, and I can understand that. Um, but from a storyline standpoint, I mean, you got to think about it. Brock is like like almost unbeatable. You know. And to have somebody of that caliber with money in the bank briefcase against not downplaying their size, but, you know, Kofi and Seth are both smaller guys. You know, they give up a lot of weight to Brock. So, you know, that's already got to be weighing on their mind whenever they're in a regular match with him. But right. in a situation where he can just show up at any moment and cash in, I mean, that it adds a dynamic to me 
to the story. It's like, you know, these guys, storyline-wise, of course, uh, have to be worried about this. And I don't know, it, that just really, uh, sure. to me, it's, it, it looks like it could be interesting if done right. And plus, since Brock's a part-time guy, you know, he can be gone a while, we can almost kind of forget about the money in the bank. And then, bam, he shows back up, and we're all like, oh, is he cashing in? Is he cashing in? And hopefully he won't too soon. I'm, I'm, I kind of hope they drag it out a while. I, I do, too. Uh, I mean, it's like this past week, since since we're kind of bleeding them together uh, a little bit this past week, he, he, he was like, you know, oh, I've got a year. I've got a whole year. And I'm, I thought that was just hilarious. I, I don't know why. Um I don't know if it was done intentionally or unintentionally, but um, it, it was a funny moment because it's like, yeah, Brock, we, we, we all know you got a year. I, I don't think he watches the product, though. <laughs> yeah, that's apparent. That's apparent. Um, so we also got uh, yet yet again trying to cram as much as we can here. Uh, I'm a little. A little bit fuzzy on the prior week, um, even though it was the better Raw. I do know we got one of the creepiest Bray Wyatt promos. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I heard first that he was supposed to debut, but due to the birth of uh, his child, he didn't. So I'm not sure if that was rumor and innuendo or just, you know, a plan all along. Um I hadn't heard that, but I, I think we, we may have mentioned it last week about how is this going to transition from the vignettes to in ring. So. I'm I'm ready. This week's was was decent. Um, uh, the the Abby the witch mentioning you know why won't you let me go or, or why are you keeping me in limbo that was interesting. Yeah, that a, a little little nuance, but. I'm also wondering. I, I want to see. I want to see it in front of a live crowd. I, I'm ready for it to to debut. I don't know how much old school they want to go because I know used to uh, 20, 25 years ago they would do these vignettes for two months at a time. So I'm not sure if they they are going to go that route. And if they do and do it right, it could play out fairly well. But I don't even know who he's going to feud with, possibly Aleister Black. Uh, due to Aleister Black's promo on this week, this past week's SmackDown, where he's begging for someone to pick a fight with him. I thought that too. Uh, that And that could be a... That could be an interesting... On paper, an interesting program. Um... But any anyhow, we're we're hopping and skipping around. What other notes have you got? Uh, well, while we're on the Firefly Funhouse segment, uh, I have an odd question that could be common knowledge to anybody, and I've just not caught it. But does Bray do all the voices for the characters? That thought has crossed my mind. Especially, I, I think he does, and maybe they use like little effects. I, I, because I, it sounds That's like what him. I was thinking. <laughs> I mean, so is it supposed to be like? Is, is that an added layer of like? his odd split personalities or whatever, possibly. See, and this is a credit to Bray because from everything I've read and heard, the, uh, the bulk of this is him. Like, he, I don't, 
I don't know if he's writing everything. See, I do remember reading that during the buildup to uh, WrestleMania 30 with him and John Cena, those promos that he cut were primarily written by him. Uh, and if you'll remember, those promos were some heavy stuff talking about society and and just you're not your typical wrestling promos and he weaved them in and out of the feud. So it doesn't surprise me that these little nuances and these little Easter eggs and things that are in these vignettes are there because the dude is super talented. I mean, I just, I I hope they don't screw this up. And, And that's sad to say, um, because as much as we wanted for years another a, another undertaker type character another bray has been that guy and, and they've just not allowed yeah i'm going to say that they've just not allowed him to really flesh it all out as, as fully as i think he can so i'm hoping he's one of the hoping this he's one of those that kind of get started on and then like they forget that they're doing anything with him it almost seems you know like like they'll start to build something interesting and then they're just kind of like okay let's go on to somebody else and and then he kind of gets lost in the shuffle for a little bit the build up to Wrestlemania 30 uh, David and I our good buddy David and I talked about this last weekend those promos I've actually went back and watched a couple of them. Man, they were just so deep and heavy. Like, ah, just good stuff. Um, I recommend anybody to go back and watch them because they were just not your typical wrestling promos. And he was writing the bulk of that material. Uh, So, but yeah, we we got off on a tangent there. Uh, it's clearly apparent we've let him in, so hopefully everyone else does. <laughs> true, true. Uh, so uh, the twenty four seven championship. Uh, that that's another big elephant in the room. That I'll just be honest. I am not a fan of. <laughs> I just. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hate it, but I think I think instead of introducing another title, I, yeah, it's it's going to present some interesting comedy and our truth. I will say this: since, since you know we're a, we're a positive podcast, I, I think our truth is the right guy, True. and I think it would be interesting to see him hold on to it for quite a while, but. Um, I, I think instead of introducing another title, they could have taken the U.S. title and the Intercontinental title and elevated them a little bit. But be that as it may, what what are your thoughts on the twenty four seven championship? Well, um, first off, the name and the look of the belt, I'm not a fan of. Uh, <laughs> neither one looks like they were completely fleshed out. Um, but I've also heard that uh, the possibility they were going to do the hardcore title and one of the sponsors mm-hmm. or something uh, shut them down. They, they didn't want to call it that on their programming or something like that. So um, that could be an issue that, you know, maybe they, they plan for it just to be the old hardcore title and then they've had to kind of scale it back a little bit. 
Um, right. I, and I don't know if there's any truth to that. That's just something I've heard online. So, you know, we know everything online is true. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, I, I'm not, I don't know. I, I, I'm a real big fan of our truth with it. Because, like you said, he's, he's the right guy. If they're going comedy and all that. Um, I don't really like how it's played out so far. Um, I don't like the 20 guys chasing him backstage type thing as much as I would just like it to be a regular match where somebody's trying to get it and maybe somebody else comes in and gets the pin, you know, that type of stuff. I don't like the just running around the ring. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's too Scooby-Doo. Yeah, yeah. It, I want Scooby-Doo, but it's it's too... You know what I'm talking about. It's just too too comedy. And, and how many um, times can we have them chasing them around the arena before you know it, it gets really old? You know, or maybe yeah, it could yeah. already be there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one thing I was thinking, um, I've, I've noticed. I don't know if you've seen anything on like social media and everything, but they've done some really good stuff of tying the belt in to their twitters and facebooks and all that. Um, yeah, I, I've seen a bit of that, and, and now that that is smart. That that is a smart play. So, so that that's where I was going. I think it's um, it's cool to get their to get it onto their social media accounts because you know it keeps people interested and keeps people searching out their stuff to see what's going to go on next, what's going to happen. I don't want to miss anything, you know. So let me check out our truth page, or let me ch- check out WWE page just to see what's next. Speaking, speaking right. of which, too. I don't know if anyone caught the uh, R Truth video where he uh, did the parody of that Old Town Road song. I, lo- I love it. I have not. I have not even heard this. No, this is news right here, right now. I'm breaking news. <laughs> well, um, anybody looking for it, check out the uh, Positively Charged Wrestling Twitter page. I, I shared it right before we made this podcast. So, at, okay. at Positively PCW on Twitter. Nice. Okay. Sure I shared it on I, Facebook as well. So if you've got that, not Twitter, check that one out. Nice. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, so real quick, um, any other things that stood out uh, from the past couple of weeks before we move on to uh, probably the biggest news in the past couple of weeks? Anything from the past two weeks of Raw and SmackDown? Uh, I got a little bit more. Um, not this week, but the previous week. Uh, we finally got the Usos and Revival in the ring after the, yep. the comedy skits they've been doing. And I think it played out really good. It was a really solid match. And Agreed. Revival got the win, which I think kind of showed off the fact of, you know, even after the crazy comedy stuff, you know, they're still a threat in the ring. So I think it really played out pretty good. Now, we did transition back into comedy stuff this next week, you know. At the uh, yeah, playing. I'm like, <laughs> but but I thought the match was really good. So match was good. Yes, so, it may not have been great getting how we got there, but like I said, it, it paid off in the match. I, I hope they get another shot, maybe on pay per view or something like that. Here, um, here's something I've been thinking because, I, and, I, and I don't mean to interject, but. Uh, to me, and I don't mean to sound like a lapsed fan or somebody with a short attention span. To me, Kofi Kingston, and I'm trying to think how to phrase this about being too negative. Going into WrestleMania, Kofi was so hot because Daniel Bryan was so great. 
at being a heel. Now that apparently Daniel Bryan has transitioned into the tag division, which is fine. I'm, I'm fine with that. I mean, it's actually a little bit less, uh, probably a few less bumps taken on his body, and he can always bump right back into the uh, the main event picture. I'm cool with that. But now, now that that's kind of off to the side, and Kofi's working with Kevin Owens, nothing against Kevin Owens, but he doesn't have a really really good heel to work with. I'm not buying Ziggler. I'm sorry. I like Ziggler, but it's too much of the start-stop over the years. Ziggler's a terrific hand. I would even venture to say Ziggler is a Hall of Famer. Uh, But it's that classic thing. For every Batman, you need a Joker. For every Spider-Man, you need a Doc Ock. You need a villain. And Kofi is a Ricky Steamboat babyface. I mean, he he's a likable dude, but I think we're seeing a real lack of heels. Uh, nobody wants to be, and, and I'm going to touch on this point again in a moment, nobody wants to be hated. Uh, everybody either wants to be liked, they want to be the cool heel. So, and and Daniel Bryan was, he he didn't mind it. He embraced it. So, I I, I almost think Kofi's reign is, I don't want to say getting stale, but it, 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 it almost needs reinvigorated relatively soon yeah it does need something um well i don't know i'm, I'm with you on the ziggler thing um you know it, i think it'll be a good match a bit awesome match the, the start and stop push on ziggler poor ziggler i mean he's he's been almost there so many times the oh, yeah. uh the survivor series sting showed up at i think ziggler, ziggler yep. got the big win that night that should have been his you know, ascension moment right there, and but you know, yeah. Uh, but I don't know. The, the match itself is going to blow us away. Uh, Kofi and Dolph are two of my favorite guys to get paired together. Whenever I see them, mm-hmm. so I think they've feuded over the Intercontinental title before and the U.S. title before, and they've had numerous matches. Yep. Uh, Raw, SmackDown. I think they've been on pay per views before. Um, and every match I've seen them in, they always work well together. Um, that. Pretty sure we'll see my favorite spot in wrestling. Also, the uh, double cross body block um, for those taking notes. I love that spot, and these guys are great at it because they get so much speed. They just clash in the middle of the ring, and it's awesome. Um, but I digress. Um, let's see the as far as the the heels go. I, I agree with you. Uh, Kevin Owens is good. Um, I enjoy watching Dolph, but I agree on that point too. Uh, he we need. Somebody strong, a real strong heel for um, Kofi. I don't want to. And you've got Brock. You've got Brock, but I don't think, like you touched on earlier, he's he's a part timer, and that's all well and good. But what happened to Drew McIntyre's push? What happened to? I don't know. Like I don't know what Sami Zayn's doing now, and 
and, and that's not to sound negative. It's just nobody's wanting to stand out or is being allowed to stand out, I suppose. So I think Drew would be the, I don't know, I'm, I'm all over Drew. It was, they want to, you know, I was hoping he'd get money in the bank, but he didn't, but like, uh, <laughs> he'd be a great mega heel, you know? Oh yeah. But he, he's kind of lost in the, uh, I don't know if you noticed like a lot, like for the, it's been a while and raw, you'll get like Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, and lice in some form or fashion that those guys making like little mini stables. Like we're all yep. in with like three of them beating up somebody. And then a few weeks later, it'll be another assortment of those three or four guys. And it's not like they're trying to actually establish a stable, but they might as well because they've got them all together. And now shame the man's part of it too. Um, but I don't know. You know, let's do something big with Drew. I mean, he, he was on his way. It, it got derailed somehow. I don't really know how. Kind of like it's like after Mania, they kind of lost direction. Yeah. Because, you know, even, even though, I mean, he had the match with Roman at Mania, and Roman won, we, we expected it, but it's like after the match, they kind of, I don't know, maybe the superstar shakeup kind of messed him up. I don't know. But uh, I think he'd be a good one for Kofi. So... I'm, I'm I'm chomping at the bit here <laughs> to talk about because because we, we want to talk about positivity. We want to talk about passion and excitement. I know you haven't seen a whole lot of it, and I know we've kind of glossed over Raw and SmackDown, but well, let's face it. The most positive thing that's happened in the past two weeks is AEW's Double or Nothing. Um, now... The things I, I did not watch this live. Um, I was actually playing music with uh, Tuck and David. I avoided spoilers, and uh, Tuck and I watched it Sunday. Um, and Tuck is kind of a lapsed fan. Um, he, uh, but he was interested because because he's kind of familiar with Cody Rhodes. He's, he's watched Ring of Honor uh, over the past few years, and uh, he was interested to see something aside from WWE. Um, there was a few things I was wanting to see going into this. Production values, I would I would grade a, a B to a B plus. It's the closest thing to WCW I've seen since WCW. Um, the, I don't, TNA never left me with this, that, that I feel TNA was never going to be on TNT TNA. Yeah, they were on spike, but that was after years. This is AEW's first official pay-per-view. They had a national TV deal before they ever had their first pay-per-view. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't even wrap my head around that. <laughs> so, and granted, I, I haven't watched. This was my first official Kenny Omega match. Uh, might as well. Might as well. I, I was familiar with the man. I've seen clips and, and I know who he is. Uh, lived up to the hype. 
Uh, Jericho can still go at, I think, 48 years old. Um, but I, I'm not a uh, New Japan mark. I, I, I'm not a Ring of Honor mark. I, I'm a wrestling fan. And I want someone to come along, slap WWE in the mouth, and challenge them and shake them and be like, let's go, because that's what we need. Now, aside from just really sounding in passion there for a second, let me get into the show. Uh, I said I would touch again on the match of the year. I watched WrestleMania. I've watched a whole lot of stuff this year. Granted, a lot of it was WWE, and, and I've watched every NXT TakeOver this year. But the best match that I have seen this year was Cody Rhodes versus Dustin Rhodes. That And now that is a match that you did watch, correct? Yes, I saw that one, and I saw the Jericho Omega match. I'm going to be honest. I, it, it, it wasn't even the blood. Like... I think Tuck marked out for the blood a little bit because we don't see blood like that anymore. True. But it, but it felt right. Like, it was the video packages leading up to this. Here's the thing. This show didn't have television. It was YouTube. Such a smart use of YouTube. Um, Three-minute video packages. The video packages before the match were just phenomenal on par with WWE and I have no lies to tell the speech that Cody Rhodes gave after the match I had tears in my eyes and I had goosebumps it it was definitely an awesome moment that is the first time well one other time this year I've I've experienced that and that was uh, Hogan with the Mean Gene tribute but outside of that, it's it's been a long time. Like I guess you would say a regular wrestling moment that I have I've experienced that, and and it was it was genuine. And when Cody's voice cracked, I mean that's oh god, I'm I'm getting goosebumps right now. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things I noticed with it when he did the promo. It, I mean, it wasn't just a promo, but I mean, you could hear that crack in his voice. Yeah, no, that that really brought it home, I think. And and it was genuine because because Dustin was crying and and Cody was and it was just it was real. Like there was nothing scripted about that. Like because of everything, everything surrounding it. Th- these are Dusty's kids. Dusty, obviously, everybody knows. You know his history with with NWA and WCW and, and booking and, and kind of having one of the best minds ever. And these are his kids who just put on a absolute classic. And now Cody's attempting to take on the empire. And it was just, it was, it told such an amazing story without having to actually tell it. If you knew anything, you, oh, anyways, sorry. I'm, <laughs> that's how excited I am. Um, so, I'll ask you, uh, because if anybody c- 
can hear the the passion in my voice. I'm super excited. Um, I'll, I'll ask you, is it realistic expectations to, to have that they're going to, to make bigger noise than TNA did 10 years ago? I think it is. Um, well, I think they've already kind of, well, no pun intended, but I think they've made an impact right off the bat. <laughs> but <laughs> I think, um, I don't, I'm looking at both sides of the deal. I think they're, they're definitely going to create a buzz. They're definitely going to be a threat. Um, and, and in a way, they're already, they are a threat to the WWE. But I think, you know, it's, it's going to take time too. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not expecting. The Monday Night Wars, which early segue we'll touch on momentarily. I'm not expecting that right off the bat, but the the Dean Ambrose or John Moxley as it is now, that's a huge coup. <laughs> that's that's huge because um, you're talking a former WWE champion in his prime who was on primetime TV for the past two to three months and got a glowing send-off. You know, it's not like they buried the guy. True, so, true. That- I, it wasn't, it was a surprise, but it wasn't a surprise. Um, so that, that was, uh, I, the only other one out there, and it's already the rumblings are there, is Punk. Um, I don't know if they get him. If they do, then you know, buckle up because it's it's officially on. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, if they if they get him, that's the only other guy out there I could think that's not under contract that could really make a huge like oh my gosh you know moment outside of who they've already got so I don't know I don't really fully know what to expect with the uh, the TNT show this fall I mean they don't, they've not even announced a name a day of the week I know I'm excited for the next pay-per-view um, in August uh, all out August 31st Labor Day weekend yet again on a Saturday tip of the cap to them for having pay-per-views on Saturdays True. I when, think that's the last time we've seen that that's hey I think that should be the standard because you can actually stay up and enjoy it without having to worry about getting up the next day true true so yeah, I'm I'm beside myself excited about it. Um and I, I think anybody that remotely enjoys wrestling should be pulling and supporting for them. And I said I would touch on this, I almost forgot. I know you've not seen this part. There's a guy on there, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, I think. Friedman is his name, MJF. This I've heard mention of him. This guy, <laughs> this guy is. I, I mentioned a pure heel earlier. Nobody wants to be a pure heel. 
this guy does because Bret Hart, and I'm not going to lie, I didn't know he was going to be there. I marked out. Tuck got a kick out of me. I absolutely, yeah, I came up and I was like, oh, wow. Uh, he came out to, pre- to present their uh, world title. They had a little segment. I thought it was a wonderful segment because it introduced four uh, wrestlers that the common audience may not have known, but coming out of that segment, I'll know them next time, and they seem like big-time players, upper mid-carters to main eventers. I, I thought it introduced four uh, characters very well, and one of those was MJF. He was absolutely healing it up from the moment he stepped on stage. Even made reference uh, to Bret Hart of, uh, oh, watch out, Bret, there's a fan, there's a fan. And... Um, which was kind of a low blow, but at the same time, well done. Um, and he was so good that even Brett was fighting back a smile. Uh, so that guy, and he's only 23 years old. I've not seen his in-ring work yet. I do plan on checking him out. Um, yeah, that he's... It, it, even uh, our buddy Tuck was impressed. Said he he had some some punk vibes to him. Uh, kind of was that good on the mic. So exciting stuff. I've heard him mentioned online, but I, I've not seen any of his stuff yet. Um, um, I, I was trying to figure out who the initials were for because everybody was just calling him MJF, and I could not think it through. So I'm, I'm glad you you cleared that up a little bit because at least now I know. Where to look? I'll check out the Bret Hart segment now. Yeah, if, if you can find that segment because it introduces, uh, which he's he's a little bit more well known, Hangman Adam Page. And I'm familiar with his work. Yeah, now he's he's a stud, uh, and uh, I am really considering buying his new shirt. That's that's a good looking shirt. Um, but <laughs> he. Uh, yeah, and it introduced uh, a couple other guys who I, I think come out of that segment looking looking a lot better for it. So if you can find that segment, I highly recommend it. Um, lastly, after after all of that, since it's kind of starting to feel like twenty years ago. Uh, with a, a another company coming into play who who finally feel like a legitimate contender um let's uh let's kind of dive into this a bit um we we said last time we were gonna kind of begin to talk about 1997 and and why it's our favorite year uh i'll i'll let you kind of kick it off because I know I, I know I have my favorite moments and uh, and everything, but um, why is '97 your favorite year? And I would imagine for the next couple of weeks we'll probably be touching on some things uh, from '97 um, going forward. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let you kind of touch on some of the high points and why you enjoy '97 so much. Uh, well. To me, 1997 was like, from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, so much had changed. The landscape had completely changed. Um, 
most people when they talk about the Attitude Era are referring to 98 and on but to me the Attitude Era begins in 97 I mean it's that's where the, the everything changed um, I mean we start the year off with uh, you know complete babyface Shawn Michaels as champion we've got uh, Brett still a good guy um, Taker didn't even know Kane was around at that point huh. you know um, and Austin was still still building you know he I mean everybody knew Austin 316 by that point but you know he hadn't hadn't broke the glass I guess if, if, if you would say um, I don't know it's there's so much going on that year I mean you got the uh, of course uh, the NWO is going strong in uh, WCW you got ECW coming up. They've had their first pay-per-view in 97. Mm-hmm. On the on the WWE front, the uh, Hart Foundation. Awesome stable. Uh, I think Brett's heel work that year was some of his best work of his whole career, in my opinion. I would say his best work. I'm, yes. That, that and, was phenomenal. And across the ring for him, I love the dynamic of, of course, Austin being his main rival at the time and building up and then Sean also because both of them had heated feuds with Brett and the Hart Foundation but they were both really opposite too so I mean they kind of did that whole um, reluctant tag team partner storyline which I love that as well mm-hmm. and uh, and then that you know Sean bleeds over into DX that gets that rolling Austin keeps climbing up and you can tell he, you can tell exactly where Austin's going you know it's, it's gonna be his time you know and um, as I mentioned earlier, Taker and Kane. The uh, we, we can't gloss over the uh, Mick Foley promos. That, I mean, the that, faces of Foley promo was what in August of that year, somewhere around. I believe somewhere in there, leading leading up to the match with Triple H, I think. Yep. And those, I mean, those that was awesome. It just made Mick Foley. Oh, well, Mick was already made, but in the fans eyes it just cemented his spot you know um I I agree with everything you just said Uh, possibly possibly my favorite all time match definitely in my top two or three uh, with Austin and Hart Uh, maybe favorite all time Uh, I know you and I which I would like to, if we keep this going into next year, maybe introduce this. I know we did kind of a top 10 WrestleMania matches, and I'm pretty sure I ranked Austin Hart at WrestleMania 13 as my number one. And it, it might be my favorite all-time match, because uh, as I stated last time, I'm a huge Bret Hart fan. Uh, but the you, you touched on everything except for one thing, that I I firmly believe, aside from the botched finish, that Sting and Hogan is the greatest buildup in wrestling history. Um, oh, of course. That, yeah, everybody wants to focus on the, the botched finish, but a year and a half of of build up for that and you take the the franchise of WCW the the saving grace it was almost biblical 
and I've talked to a couple of buddies about this. It was almost biblical because, you know, obviously in the Bible, without going too far out in the weeds here, you know, you have the new world order and and obviously the conspiracy nuts out there. But, you know, you, you, you have that. And when that comes into play, obviously you have a lot of things going on and, and then you have this savior ascending from the heavens you know we're coming down from the heavens to to save save everyone and that was sting and i don't know if that was fully intentional the the biblical aspects and i'm not sure how many other people caught on to that but over the years watching things back i kind of just being lost inside my head I, I would think about that like wow this had some biblical aspects to it you know and um that that is in my opinion the best storyline ever uh and like i said aside from the botched finish um and obviously <laughs> we have the uh the montreal screw job and that uh, some people believe is a work, some people believe was a shoot. Um, I, I tend to believe that that it that it was a shoot. Um, so I, yeah, it, it just a just a tr- tremendous year um, in in the wrestling business, and as you said. You know, quite a bit of change, um, quite a bit of, you know, you, you could see going through the year, even even with his neck injury, that Austin was going to be the guy. Um, so, yeah, just, just tremendous stuff all around. Uh, and something that I would like to do before next week... Um, since since we're going to be talking about 97 a little bit going forward i would almost like to watch uh on, on our own time the two premier shows that year from each company wrestlemania 13 and starcade 97 and compare the two because starcade which came first uh you know, was was the equivalent in WCW of WrestleMania and vice versa. So, before next week, if if we both get time, which as we were talking about before we went on, there's sometimes not enough hours in the day. Um, not enough hours for wrestling. So that that's something, and maybe we could discuss that next week. Uh, and and how they how each company handled their biggest show of the year and we could maybe touch on some of the the finer points of uh some of those storylines um so obviously that's next week uh what else have you got to add this week uh well i would like to throw in for the uh uh, aew show Mm -hmm. what little i saw of it i only saw two matches but what little i saw that there were two things that jumped out immediately at me for one, I didn't realize how much I missed Justin Roberts announcing. Oh goodness, yes, <laughs> yes. And the second one is is Jim Ross is still amazing. 
And I'm going to tell you, his he got better as the night went on. Um, he he really did. Uh, and when he's calling something like Dustin and Cody, a obviously he knows the Rhodes family. He that that was his wheelhouse firmly, and he he called it like a. As I mentioned last week, he called it like a sporting event. I mean, he he told a story. He the little nuances, and I, I'm I'm such a mark for that. Um, I, I love that stuff. Um, so yeah, he he is still amazing. Excalibur, the mask guy. What did you did you catch him? Did I'm. I'm thinking they showed him in between the video packages. There, there was a mask announcer. I, I saw him. I'm, I'm not sure as far as the voice, who, which one he was. I know there was uh, JR and then the two other guys. Yeah. And I, I kept telling Tuck, like, I, I can't. I, I, I don't know. It, it throws me off. There, there's a mask <laughs> announcer. Like, the, uh, I just... I don't know. I would have to get used to that. Uh, I, I don't know. It was now, was it him or the other guy? One of the guys was seemed kind of soft spoken with his commentary, and it was kind of driving me crazy because what I love about Jr. is his passion. Yeah. Like you could tell he loves it when he commentates. Yeah. And the other I guy think- was kind of coming off as quiet, and I don't. know, He didn't really have that passion, that energy when he was calling stuff, and I was kind of like. It's too contrasty to me. <laughs> I think that was Alex Marvez, which was the unmasked guy. Okay. And he is also an NFL Fox Sports contributor. Like, I, I think I could be completely off on that. I know he is a NFL contributor of some sort or Sports Illustrated, something along those lines. He has other dealings besides AEW. And personally, I think they should, on a lot of other wrestling sites, wrestling podcasts, I agree with this. He had no business being there. (laughs) It it was too big of a stage. Um, Take it, I'm nothing against the guy. Hell, I don't know if I could have done that as big of a fan as I am. I mean, I'm sure this guy's a fan. I mean, that's a huge stage, though. He truly should have been, you know, left on the pre-show. And then I'm a fan of a two-man booth. I, I do not like a three-man booth, be it in wrestling, football, whatever it is. I, I don't I don't like it. I think it gets too cluttered. Um, but uh, I thought the commentary, <laughs> since this was their first time together, I thought I thought the commentary was pretty decent overall um and and as you said jr is still amazing at 67 years old and uh his podcast uh grilling jr i'm not sure if you've listened it's uh it's very solid i've not heard any of his yet uh all these podcasts, it, it, it's just like uh, we're talking about wrestling. We're there's not enough hours in the day. <laughs> no, 
I'll, uh, I'll, I'll pick one out. I've got about a 25-minute drive to work. I'll pick one out, and I might listen to one to and from work, and then, I don't know, there's four more out there. Uh, John Moxley, uh, a.k.a. Dean Ambrose, uh, speaking of podcasts, and, and I will listen to this over the weekend. Apparently, I uh, went on the uh, Chris Jericho podcast and unloaded on his unhappiness in WWE and the things leading up to him leaving and things of that nature. A- apparently, it's it's pretty darn good. Um, and, and I'm highly interested in uh, checking that out and seeing what all he has to say. I'm going to have to check that one out, too. Jericho's podcast is one of those I've got in my list. I'll check an episode out every now and then, so uh might definitely have to listen to that one. And um, it... Uh, think... Go, go ahead. Th- think about the world we live in now. I mean, since we're bouncing back and forth between current day and 1997, think about this. We have Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, 205 Live. I think they still do main event. Not, not certain. Gosh, yeah. We have in, uh, Impact, Ring of Honor. Yep. Soon to be AEW. Yep. Um, I'd, I'm not 100% sure. Does New Japan do weekly shows? I've, uh, I know. I'm not sure how that goes. I know they've got shows on Axis. Um, but I'm not sure about like over there if they run weekly shows or not. But hey, with all that content, Josh, wrestling isn't as popular as it used to be. Nobody watches it. It's it's you know. So apparently, somebody is. <laughs> Isn't that crazy though? Not enough time to watch all that. That's that's the perfect problem to have, isn't it? There's not enough time to watch all the wrestling that's out there. It 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 really is. Um, and something else. <laughs> uh, kind of flipping back to podcast real quick. Um, Vince Russo, who uh, I'm, I'm not a fan of. Um, he he had a couple good storylines. He uh, the the build up to Survivor Series '98 with The Rock and Mankind. Apparently, that was all him, uh, according to Pritchard. Um, uh, so kudos to Russo on that because that was a phenomenal, phenomenally sto- told story. Um, you know, I text you this, and I just want to say, you know, apparently he thinks after Sami Zayn mentioned AEW on Raw this past week, well, that must mean that AEW and uh, WWE are in cahoots. So we're being worked, bro. Um, so <laughs> I'm like. What? <laughs> like that that just kinda I, I don't believe that. I will not believe it until I see Cody and the Young Bucks show up on something on the WWE network. Like I, I just I think that's just an outlandish claim. Uh in fact I would almost be heartbroken if that was the case. <laughs> um I I, I just can't see how he comes up with that uh, that idea. It's um, a little too far-fetched for me. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, I guess there could be the possibility they were like, hey, let's create our own Monday Night War, but I doubt it, you know? I, I think that's, as 
well, let's be honest, as poor as the creative has been over the past several months, I think that would be giving them too much credit. Um, <laughs> let, let, let's just let's just shoot on that. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Next week, um, we'll kind of compare a little bit of uh, the two premier shows from WCW and WWE, and I'm sure there's going to be some more news between now and then. Uh, do we have anything else to add for this week? Um, I think that's about all I've got. All right, a jam-packed edition of Positively Charged Wrestling. So until next time, uh, stay positive, keep watching wrestling. Uh, this is Braden and this is Josh. Wishing you a pleasant day, morning, evening, whenever you're listening, and uh, hope you join us next time. Oh, and uh, real quick before we sign off, uh, you mentioned it earlier. What's uh, the Twitter and Facebook that people can uh, kind of follow along at? Oh, yeah. Check us out on Facebook at Positively Charged Wrestling. Also, check out the uh, Twitter at Positively PCW. And, um, you know, let us know what you want to hear. If, if there's a certain thing from the current that we're missing or if there's something from 97 since we're going there, it doesn't have to be 97. Any any other classic content you want us to check out, throw it out there. We'll, we'll watch it. We'll discuss it. Sounds good to me. For sure. For sure. All right, everybody. Uh, take care and uh, we'll see everybody next week. All right. Sounds good. Yep. <laughs>